Hi there, and thanks for joining us on this week's podcast, the Cork Healthcare Company that's growing fast, the event planner to beat all event planners, and the tech company that boasts an all-female senior management team. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. And now on Red Business, we have relocated to Ballincollig and we are in the head offices of Healthcare 21. And to tell us all about what that company does and how they are on a pretty steep growth curve, I'm joined by the Managing Director, Tara Kearney. Tara, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much for joining us. Tell us a little bit about Healthcare 21. What do you do? We are the largest privately owned sales, marketing and distribution company of medical devices and healthcare solutions within Ireland, UK, Germany and Austria. It's probably easier if I explain maybe a little about what we do and maybe give you an example. The best thing I could say is take for if you had a fall tomorrow, you go into the emergency department, you need to have your temperature taken that will be our thermometer. You'll have a probe to check your oxygen saturation. That will be our, our equipment. You'll go and have an x-ray. So that will be our contrast media. And then if you broke your leg, if you need plaster paris or a boot, that will be our product as well. So uh, now a lot of things have gone wrong to me there now to, to get all of your products. But it's <laughs> nice. hopefully to, that won't happen. Hopefully so. It's nice to know that, that it all comes together. How long has the company been going? And tell us a little bit about recent news that has seen a substantial level of growth. Yes, the company was established in 2003 um, and we have grown significantly in that period of time. We started with 37 staff and we are now at 450 staff today. Our numbers doubled last year and that was through an acquisition which is Aquilent Healthcare. Um, Again, they like ourselves, they're in the healthcare industry sales marketing and distribution also and the best thing or the best fit for us was the fact that even they're in the same markets but there was it was a a complementary product portfolio rather than a conflicting so in other words you're at 450 staff now i think you said um what's the future going to hold then if, if you've seen this huge level of growth and you've got all of the that available market what's next What's next for us in terms of growth would be we've set ourselves an objective for 2020 to be 250 million revenue. Um, With that, we're going to see a significant increase in staff. We're looking at probably going upwards to maybe 600 um, based on the growth curve that we have set for ourselves. That will be through uh, organic growth in our existing businesses. It will be through acquisition of new businesses, particularly across Europe, and also looking at our existing supplier and customer base and where we can go with that. You are a pretty big company with pretty big expansion plans, but not a lot of people would be familiar with with the brand and and what you do. So you're looking at a a significant growth for an Irish-owned company here, aren't you? Yes, we are. Obviously, as you can tell from the accent, I'm Cork myself. You kind of did spot that, (laughs) Um, We are headquartered in Cork. We also have our logistics hub in Bellarney, which is over over 6,000, sorry, 60,000 square feet, whereby we service in terms of pick, pack, dispatch and logistics across Ireland, UK, Germany and Austria next day. And so it is our, our objective is to expand out both within Ireland and outside of Ireland as well. 
Now, of course, we have to mention the B word, because if you're dealing with the UK and you're dealing with Europe, there's obviously going to be an impact of Brexit, whatever that may be. Uh, How worried are you about it right now? And and what have you been doing in terms of preparation? I think every business is concerned, and I think no business should be in this position. But I think we are where we are. I think people are probably sick of hearing about Brexit, but still sitting on a knife edge with days to go. Um, If I look at where we are in terms of the hard stop, or the backstop, Ireland wants it, EU wants it. It's obvious that the UK doesn't want it. So where does that leave us as a business? Within our business, we probably have, if I look at currency, a natural hedge, hedge, we buy and sell in sterling. So we're probably lucky in that regard in comparison to other businesses. If I look at our industry and across all industries, a lot of people are stockpiling. So it's going to have a huge impact on working capital for businesses. Um, Have you been stockpiling? Has that been something you've had to do? We've had to, I suppose we would carry a significant amount of stock on a general weekly, monthly basis. We have increased our stock holding by a few months just to give us that level of protection because I do feel there will be delays at borders. I do feel there will be custom delays. We would have goods coming into our business from Europe, from the UK and even from America as well. I see the sign on your desk behind you that says boss lady, of course, reflecting the fact that you are a managing director and that you are a woman. There are more and more women in those senior management roles now. We had a company recently on the podcast that had an all-female senior management team. Have we turned that corner, do you think, from your own experience and your own journey? Are we, are we at the point now where it is as natural to have a female MD as it would be to have a male? I wouldn't say it would be natural. I think we're lucky within Ireland in that 19% of CEOs are female in comparison to the global average around 6.4. So in that regards, we're lucky. And I think as well as that, with female CEOs, females work out better under female CEOs in terms of their career path and their succession plans. Um, I'm laughing at the sign because it's a running joke with myself and my sister. Yeah, I, I feel, though, that it's definitely an area that needs to be worked on. Um, but I think it's about empowering women. I think it's about, it's not necessarily about diversity, it's about flexibility. Over 55% of my management team happen to be female, and it's not the fact that they're female, it's that they're good at what they do. And that's the choice that we have to make. But I also know that not every female may still be on staff if we hadn't been flexible with working arrangements, with working from home, with being flexible. We have technology now, and we use it as a business in terms of using Skype, in terms of using teleconferencing. People don't necessarily have to travel, and business doesn't have to be as hard as it used to be. So is the future bright then for the next generation coming behind? Are, Are we going to see more and more of that flexibility worked in, more female leaders changing the culture within organizations or are we always going to have some companies that are behind the curve and probably losing out on talent as a result i think you'll always have some of it i in a smaller organization especially like healthcare 21 you could be more nimble you can be more flexible i think the larger the organization when you have tiering when you have structures i don't think it's as easy so i think you will always have some type of a glass ceiling and I don't think regardless of how hard we work for my generation anyway certainly but I would hope that we would see changes for the next generation. Okay well we wish you and everybody here at Healthcare 21 the very best in the future and thanks for telling us the story about uh, what has been a great Cork success. Tara Kearney of Healthcare 21 thank you for joining us on Red Business. Thank you for having me today. Red Business all that's best about business in Cork.
So there you are, you have a big event that you want to plan, well you have to turn to a professional and there are fewer in Cork as talented as my next guest. She has 20 years experience in the corporate events industry and will be familiar to anyone who's dealt with Cork Chamber for the last 12 years. Lee Gillen of Lee Gillen Events, you're very welcome to Red Business, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much Jonathan for having me. Um, Now as I said, a lot of people will know you from having organised such big events as the Cork Chamber Annual Dinner. Mm -hmm. Um, of which it has just passed us by and was another roaring success. That was the is that the biggest event that you will have run in all the years that you've been doing this? I think numbers wise it would have to be up there. I mean a thousand people over two rooms in City Hall. You can't really get much bigger in terms of scope and I suppose reputationally for the Chamber it is a big deal. All of the big wigs are in the City Hall on that night and uh, it's something that we were all very proud of um, in Cork Chamber. Um, in terms of uh, numbers absolutely the largest event but there are other events obviously that have more detail and more scope. Lots of different interchangeable things mm. like breakout sessions and all of that but yeah it's a challenge every year and I have to say it was it was the making of me really Jonathan <laughs> <laughs> Well look in that particular chair where you're sitting right now I've had lots of wedding planners over the years and that is the job from hell as far as I'm concerned <laughs> you just do it on a corporate level don't you? Yeah I suppose on a, it is quite different on a corporate level the difference you'll find between brides and or I suppose consumers as opposed to that B2B kind of uh, feel of a business is uh, generally corporates will pretty much know what they're looking for. They're, they're, they know exactly what they're looking for. They know exactly how much money they have to spend. They have an idea in their head. They may not always have an idea for an event, which I suppose is kind of where I come in because not everybody knows exactly what kind of event they might want to run. All they know is, I want to do something. Hmm. I want to reach somebody. I want to say something. Um, and in that way, I suppose an event planner can help to come in and go, well, I can help you say, say that thing. I can help you reach those people. I can help you do that by creating something and I can help to connect you with the people that you want to be connected with. The the worst thing for an event is somebody who has a little knowledge because you end up at an event and saying, oh, I thought that was done or, oh, sure, look, I I thought that was looked after and all of a sudden that isn't looked after and the event is lesser as a result. It really is all about the detail. Absolutely. The devil is in the detail, as they say, Jonathan. And never a truer word was spoken when it comes to events. So I suppose that's what a good event manager will do for you. And certainly that's what we do in legal and events um, is that we help you to put together the details. So we don't let leave any stone unturned. We don't let you forget anything. Basically, everything is captured. Every single piece and even visual walkthroughs happen where it's like, what's going to be there? How are you going to place that? Where's your signs going to be? Where are you going to stand? All those minor details that you wouldn't even think of, you know, if you're doing something in another room and then you realise oh I'm supposed to be on the stage in two minutes that's never going to happen if you have an event manager there because they will visualise and lay out every single piece of the event for you in a detailed way People are quite critical aren't they? I mean I know that they'll tolerate a lot of stuff but if something is boring they're going to come back after us and say, well, I'm not going to that again because that was boring. Or if the microphones didn't work on the stage, they're going to go, geez, that wasn't well organised. And, yeah. and you have to be aware of that. And people organising events need to be conscious of the fact that, yes, they are yeah. dealing with consumers at the end of the day, consumers that will carry the reputation of your brand away with you if it's not a good event. Absolutely. You're, you're 100% correct there. And I suppose at the end of the day, what is always kind of, what's a, what's a funny part of our business really is that um, the things that you work night and day on and you're up till one o'clock in the morning working on the things that people don't even notice so I actually always say when people walk out of an event going that was great and they don't notice any of those details and you know you've done your job you don't need to be praised for it you don't need somebody to go oh no, my god praise is nice now it is. Well, it, it, nice it always helps you know it absolutely always helps but at the end of the day you know really what you want is people walk out and go 
didn't Cork Chamber run a great event or didn't Red FM run that run an event really well? That's what you want to hear. You know, ultimately, nobody's going to be there criticising microphones and stuff, but they'll notice if they go things go wrong or mm. they'll notice if your speaker was boring or they'll notice if, you know, the food is very late coming or the food is cold. So I suppose working on the things that people will actually react to is very important as well. Lee, we all have our nightmares. I mean, mine still uh, stem. They all talk about the leaving sort of nightmare. Mine is the news reading nightmare where you're sitting in the studio, which is about six foot away from where we are right now. None of the scripts make sense. The computer's gone blank and you're left there. Your mouth goes dry. That's my nightmare. As an event manager, what is your nightmare? The one where you <laughs> wake up in a cold sweat going oh thank god that's not actually <laughs> happening well I have a few I don't know if you really want to share that much with you Jonathan but I suppose ultimately what, it, what it'll come down to for something like like say for example we'll talk about the annual dinner again it is I suppose making sure that every single person has a seat in the right place with the right person um, it's always about the things that are directly going to impact on the people attending the event. So uh, obviously things like speakers not turning up or speakers coming late, that's a, that's, a, that's a pretty recurring nightmare, as recurring as falling off a cliff or something. But ultimately, you always have to have a contingency plan. What's the backup plan if he doesn't come? What's the ba- Particularly when you're dealing with you know political speakers, sometimes they get delayed with the votes or in the doll. You have to have a contingency plan. Mm. And the number one rule then when things start to go pear-shaped is just keep on smiling. <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> no matter what. You'll, you'll be fine. <laughs> and, and look, you are smiling because this is a new venture for you out on your own. Um, was it a big leap for you? How much bravery was involved in saying, well, I'm going to do this because I think I can do this for more than one organisation. I can do it for many. Yeah, I suppose it was a big leap. Um, I'm not a spring chicken, as they say. So it was definitely something that I've wanted for a long time. And you get to the stage where you're going, oh, is it too late? Or, oh, it's too scary. And, you know, but... Honestly, it just happened. I was having a conversation um, with, with my brother one day and I said, look, ultimately, this is what I really want to do. This is what I've always wanted to do. And he kind of gave me the support that I needed and said, look, just do it. And that's actually all I needed was somebody to go, why don't you just do it? So yeah. the only difference between you and the st- the startup or the entrepreneur down the street is that they're doing it and you're not. And that was it. And once I kind of made that leap, it actually was so much simpler. Then it was like a veil had been lifted and it was like, absolutely, this is 100% what I need to and do. And how, how have you found that? I mean, how have you found that experience of having to send out invoices at the end of the month, looking for a new business, trying to work out where it's coming from? Yeah, I found it all a bit of a... It's definitely a bit of an eye-opener. Um, I find the whole thing very exciting. So I suppose I still have the novelty factor on my side, which is a good thing, which means that I'm still enjoying it. You know, I haven't reached a stage where it's, you know, diff- it's become difficult. You know, I've got some business going. It's a nice flow. I'm kind of figuring out what I can do within a space of a day or a night or how long it takes to do things. Um, and I suppose I'm very lucky in that, in general, the Cork uh, business community are extremely supportive of me and have been supportive in so many ways and so it's therefore meant like a lot of of people like yourself supporting me and and helping me on the way and um, the business comes from places you'd never expect it to come from. Well look I I would have fallen off the stage many times if you weren't there to make sure I was (laughs) in the right place at the right time so it goes both ways. How do people get in contact with Lee Gillen Events if they have something coming up and they need the expert? Well, we have a website which is legalandevents.ie. So you can check out the website and contact us through there, or you can email me directly if you want. It's lee at legalandevents.ie. And Lee is spelled L E I G H. L E I G H. As opposed to the river. As opposed to the river. <laughs> but, but, but it's pronounced the same. Pronounced the same. Legal, it's been an absolute pleasure. We wish you the very best of luck in the future with your company, and thank you for joining us on Red Business. Thank you so much, Jonathan.
The only show in town for Cork business. Red business. Next up, the dreaded four letters GDPR. Those that fill us all with dread. And we all just blithely tick the box anyway, saying we don't mind if you take all of our information. Has it made an impact? And what about managing your compliance? Well, with me now in studio is the Head of Customer Engagement at Spearline Risk and Compliance, Fiona Ryan. Fiona, how are you? You're very welcome to Red Business. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about Spearline. What do you do? Uh, So Spearline has uh, two sides of the business, really. So um, I'm over in Spearline Risk and Compliance. Uh, It's a software solution for managing companies' GDPR compliance efforts, efforts from start to finish. Uh, Spearline originated and started up back in 2003. Um, it was founded by uh, Matt Lawler and Kevin Buckley. Um, and down they, in West Cork, if I'm Down not in West Cork, yeah. yes. Headquartered down in West Cork. And we have a global presence in India and in uh, Romania as well. So w- what do you do apart from compliance with GDPR? What's the what, what was the business set up with a vision of doing? Yeah, so it was ve- basically they saw an opening in the market for compliance software around data protection. I suppose it was such a hot topic last year. And in the run up to the 25th of May, every business was trying to, were struggling really to, to comply. And this was a software solution uh, and is a software solution that can centralise your compliance efforts from end to end. So they saw a need in the market there, but they also saw a need in the market for a managed service offering. So we have a team of data protection specialists who can uh, transition your data set over to our product offering, which is Spearline Data Protection, um, and can make sure that that transition is as seamless as possible mm. and can really integrate into with your own privacy team in getting your policies and procedures in place and embedded in. I, mean, I was referencing it at the start. What seems to have changed, the only real difference from the consumer point of view is now we just have to click an annoying box before we go on to a website. Mm. But there's more to it than that, isn't there? Absolutely. Um, so if we just basically take uh, from starting from a, a very uh, simplified, uh, simplified approach, a business needs to ensure that first of all, uh, they can identify their processing records um, through Article 30 record processing activities. So first of all, identify the categories of data that you're dealing with within your business, uh, demonstrate your efforts that you are compliant in relation to that data, and that data is secure. So I suppose from the outset, that's first of, first of all what you need to do. And then uh, you need to make sure that policies and procedures are in place mm. around data protection and awareness raising. Um, so uh, one of the major data breaches is around uh, employees within organisations who, uh, you know, it could be an, a, an email that is sent to the wrong person. Um, as simple as that. So it's awareness raising amongst uh, the wider organisation as such. Now, when it comes to GDPR, the big fear, of course, was that they were going to be the first ones caught out. And we're still kind of waiting for somebody to be really put through the ringer in relation to this. But it's going to happen at some point and somebody is going to get fined, aren't they? Absolutely. So if we take um, the, the, the there was a fine there administered under GDPR in Portugal and in Germany recently. Uh, now, um, if we haven't seen the full rigour of uh, the fines that will be handed down yet. Um, obviously, GDPR allows for a fine of 20 million or 4% of annual turnover, whichever is the greater. Uh, so we haven't seen that sort of an implementation yet. However, uh, time will tell. There has been a large number of data breaches um, and high profile data breaches that mm. we've heard in the media. Let's talk about Spearline itself. Founded in West Cork, as you mentioned, by the two lads. You you work in West Cork, do you? Yes. So I'm stationed in Skibbereen. I, I live just you outside You make it like Union a military Hall. posting. I'm stationed. Yeah, I'm so, stationed. But I mean, you're working in a very complicated high-tech industry, mm-hmm. but you get to live in Union Hall. That must be great. It's fantastic. I'm seven minutes into work. Um, I moved down to West Cork from Dublin uh, two and a half years ago, and it's really changed my life. Um, Slightly prettier commute, I'd imagine. Oh, it's fantastic. The only thing that stops me now um, or delays me is the cows crossing the road. So... <laughs> 
It's all good. Are they GDPR compliant cows? Well, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> and and that idea that you can do this kind of business in West Cork, we've talked about this on the podcast before, that technology means that you no longer have to be stuck in a city. You can be anywhere. You've got your colleagues in India that mm-hmm. you've mentioned. You've got your staff very happily living in West Cork and working mm-hmm. out of Skipperine. Is it the dream for, for employees in the 21st century to be able to do that? It really is. Uh, why waste time travelling into a city, being stuck in a car, looking at the at the, the reg plate of the car in front, wasting your time, really, when your time can be so much more valuably spent um, by being in the office or there's so many people working from home now as well. Um, so technology, it has evolved so much that we can do that. We can have that, that sort of flexibility in our lives. Mm. You, you, there's also something else that's quite unusual about Spearline, and that's your management team. What mm. is it? So we're a fully female-led management team. Uh, so our head of innovation is Gronio O'Keefe. Um, our managing director is Kira Lucy. And also for myself, head of customer engagement. Um, so it is fascinating to see that... So all female leads? Yes, all female leads. Yeah. And how many staff in company? Uh, we've over 60 um, across the whole Spearline organisation. And it's unusual in the tech sector because tech sector, let's stereotype it for a while, male techie nerd rises to the top of the business sometimes problems follow not in your case it's it's almost a reversal of that is it and is it yeah. refreshing it is very refreshing, very, very refreshing. I come from a legal and finance uh, background, as does my colleague, uh, Gronio O'Keefe. Um, and so to be able to go into this new area, it was a challenge, uh, one that we accepted. It was fantastic. Uh, and to be able to bring compliance and technology together mm. was something that we hadn't done previously. So yours is a software-led approach. So there are people out there who probably still haven't really taken the GDPR thing seriously and are waiting to see what happens to someone else before they get their acting gear. What would be your advice to them today, Fiona? Advice is, think about the data that you're processing, get your policies and procedures in place, um, make sure that you're not paralysed by fear, um, either get an external consultant to walk you through it, or alternatively, just read up on the, on the General Data Protection Regulation. It's not as mad as people make it out to it's be, is it? It's not as mad. Uh, little bite-sized chunks, uh, piece by piece, um, and don't be overwhelmed by it. Okay, well, it's always easy to be uh, overwhelmed by something you don't understand, but as you said, a little bit of knowledge yeah. uh, will go a long way here. Uh, what is the website if people want to look up Spearline? So it's www.spearlineriskandcompliance.com. I love the way that everyone still puts in the www. You don't need it anymore because you can Google it. You see, it's very straightforward. Fiona Ryan, Head of Customer Engagement at Spearline Risk and Compliance. Thank you so much for joining us on Red Business. Thank you, Jonathan. My thanks, as always, to all of my guests. Don't forget, every episode of Red Business is up on redextra.ie and you can subscribe on iTunes. Nia Hennessy produced, and we'll catch you on the next one. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast.